Hey, I'm Michelle. And I'm Christy. And we're new moms in old bodies. If you're a new mom in your 30s or 40s, great news. You're trending. But the advice out there is so 2012. And we quickly learned that what works for those young 20-something moms and what works for us is completely different. I mean, think about how much you have changed in the last 15 or 20 years. Our minds, bodies, and spirits are so different. The advice that's focused on younger moms just doesn't quite fit what's happening with us. So we're here to talk about that. All of that. So if you're using eye cream with your diaper cream, then you're in the right place. Click subscribe to join the Old Moms Club podcast and come along this journey with us as we figure out what the heck we're doing as new moms in old bodies. Hi guys, it's Christy from the Old Moms Club and we are here with a follow-up, or I guess I should say I am here with a follow-up from last week's custody court episode. I am here to do a shorter, uh, maybe 20 minutes uh, episode, solo episode, um, about things that we thought of immediately we should have discussed <laughs> in last week's actual uh, custody court episode. Um, my intention today is to make this a very short and sweet um, checklist of things that you need to know going into court. Last week, it was very conversational, and it was very much about my story, and I am happy to answer any questions about that. This week is going to be less story and more practical, useful information. Um, I do want to say I am not an attorney. Just like we tell you, we are not providing medical advice. We are also not providing legal advice. I am only telling you my journey based on my experience in hopes that you will be able to use some of it. So I want to start today because when our episode last week was over, I saw a Facebook post and um, it was a Facebook post by a man, by a single dad who had recently been through custody court. And I know on our podcast, we do talk about people uh, that we give nicknames to everybody that we know. Um, so for the sake of privacy, we'll just call him J, like the letter. And I want to read to you J's post because it is going to kind of be the foundation for everything else that we're going to talk about today. So he writes publicly in his Facebook post, Makes me sick that between the mother of my child and I spent over $200,000 in attorney fees for a 15-month-long custody battle that I won. End quote. (laughs) So if you're not appalled by that post for several reasons, you should be. 
as a mother that's been through custody court, I would like to say, first of all, you didn't quote win. That is such a narcissistic, egotistical way to look at it. How did you win? What did you win? You proved that you had more money than your child's mother. You proved that you would fight hard enough to take a new baby away from her mom because you, as a single man, thought you were a better mom. I mean, who would your daughter say won? What did you win? I mean, it sounds like he's actually celebrating his narcissism. Um, custody court should not be about you. It is not a sporting event. It is not something where you declare yourself the winner. The winner should be the child and what is in best interest of the child. And just to go back and, and read it again, it makes me sick between the mother of my child and I spent over $200,000 in attorney fees in a 15 month long custody battle that I won. Okay, so pretend you didn't win. Pretend your daughter won. Would there be a better way that you could have spent that $200,000 over the course of your daughter's life? I found something online. I wanted to just read. Um, this is actually, and this is from the firm for men.com. Um, they have legal articles. And it, it basically, it says the same thing. And I'm not just directing this towards men. This is men and women. And I think it's something very common that we hear people say all the time, but you need to take the focus off of you. You do not win in custody court. So this article says, get out of your head any thoughts of victory, winning, or beating anybody legally. Think about the real object of your fight, your children. Do you want them to witness an actual fight, a vicious battle between their parents? Suppose you do win. What do you win? Battered, bruised, turned up children who saw their father work so hard against their mother that she is viewed by the courts not even worthy of their care? Is that who you want her to be in their eyes? So consider an alternative to dragging everybody to court. So with all that being said, I think the very first thing on your checklist should be mindset. Are you in the right frame of mind? Don't do it because you're mad at him. Don't do it because you want money. Do it because you want what is in the best interest of your child. And as long as you can be separated enough to keep your child at the center of your battle, you will choose the right thing. And mother's intuition is strong. It's strong. Go with that intuition. God gave you that intuition for a reason. So number one, make sure you're in the right mindset. Number two, 
And this is going to sound so petty after I just told you, don't make it a big fight. But number two is make sure you agree on the definitions of words and terms. I say that because we are currently in a situation where in our court papers, it says the father of my child will pay for half of her school. She is not in a traditional classroom right now. Right now we have hired a private certified teacher to teach her, to take care of her a few days a week while I am at my job. So it's not daycare. She is a legit certified teacher. And it is undeniable how much that my daughter is learning from this woman. However, baby daddy um, doesn't think that that's school. So he doesn't want to pay for that. He doesn't think school starts until kindergarten starts. So make sure that you understand the definitions. And if there is something like that in the papers that you all agree before attorneys or before judges that school is happening in this building between these hours with these people. And that even though hiring a private certified teacher specifically for your daughter counts as education, counts as school, in my eyes, it does not count as school in his eyes. So make sure that you agree to those um, definitions. The next thing, I know in this post that started this, he said he spent $200,000 in 15 months. That, um, I don't know what they went through, so I can't speak to that. That could be reasonable if they were arguing about a lot more than we were. I know, um, realistically, we probably spent 40, but that is if he spent the same amount that I spent, he would probably be somewhere around 40. So on that note, I want to say hire the most expensive lawyer that you can find. Custody court is not somewhere that you're going to want to cut corners. It's not somewhere that you want to find the most um, inexpensive attorney that you can find. It's not easy. It's long. It's hard. It's drawn out. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of details. And I will say, I paid for a high-end attorney. And he paid for a lady that advertised her services as being an inexpensive attorney that wants to work with you. And when we got to court, or even before we got to court, you could very clearly see a difference of quality in both of those people. Uh, I did not always enjoy <laughs> what my attorney was telling me. Um, but his attorney just catered to him, uh, everything that he wanted to do. I mean, they tried to get me to sign papers saying illegal activities were okay. And 
um, signing papers that like a judge would never even look at, you know, much less having somebody um, present that in court. However, you know, he hired the cheapest attorney that he could find and her work was very much reflective of being the cheapest attorney that he could find. So you don't want somebody that's that way. And it's hard. You may have to take out a loan. Uh, you may have to borrow money from your friends. Maybe you have home equity. Uh, learn to leverage your debt. This is going to be the most important battle that you face. And you don't want to go in it ill-prepared. Your attorney is worth the money. Spend the money. And next on that list of things, I'm going to give you two things that your attorney is going to tell you. Um, and, and what that looks like in your life. So number one, your attorney is going to tell you to stay quiet. Uh, don't talk to him, his family, mutual friends social media, um, although a court won't really take social media or text uh, as evidence, um, they much prefer written documents, emails, things like that. Social media posts and text messages um, can be shown uh, in court. So depending on your situation, uh, if you end up in front of a jury trial or you end up in front of people uh, that want to, you know, get down into the character witness part of it, you never know what's going to come out. So make sure that your social media is cleaned up and make sure if it's possible for you to not even be on social media, don't even be on social media. Because I told you how that worked for me, whereas he was th sending me threatening messages. Um, but then if I showed anybody what he was sending me, or if I simply posted a cute picture of my daughter, I was told, you know, not to post pictures of my daughter. I was pimping out my daughter. I was just trying to get pictures, you know, attention for my daughter. But then in court, his social media account where he had pictures of our daughter was actually used as evidence for his love for her. So literally, you're, you're in this situation where I post a cute Easter picture of my daughter and I'm told I'm pimping out my daughter. Whereas he posts a cute Easter picture of our daughter, the same picture, and he's suddenly dad of the year. Look how much he loves his daughter. He put it on social media. Sadly, that's just the way it works. Uh, if men show up, for some reason, we think they're dad of the year. When a mom can do exactly the same thing and we're going to punish her for it. So just remember that and stay quiet. Um, his friends will betray you. His family will betray you. People that you think are your friends and your family could possibly betray you. Uh, it's just not a time for mutual friends. Um, and you can be polite about that, 
you can honor your truth in that. You can speak your truth with love and kindness. I appreciate what you're trying to do for me right now, but this isn't something that I can talk about with you. Trust me, that is going to save your ass. <laughs> and the next thing you should be doing for your attorney and for your case is document. And I know that we talked about that a lot in the last episode, document, document, document. And then we get a lot of questions like, what does that mean? If we can't use text messages and we can't use social media, we can't use pictures, what does documentation actually mean? So when we say document, we are looking for times and instances. Um, so before our case even started, I was given a workbook type pack of papers from my attorney. And in that, it wanted the date, the time, and what happened. So I had several examples of the date, the time, and what happened that I thought would be beneficial for us um, in, the, in the case. So they want to know the date, they want to know the time, and they want to know what happened. What happened can be a physical um, altercation. It could be words between people. It could be documentation of neglect, documentation of abuse. Uh, anything that you feel like is going to be beneficial to keeping your child safe, document it. And all you have to have is a spiral notebook. Put it on notebook paper. Hide it in the notes in your phone, but you need to know the date, the time, and what happened. Now, all those other things that we have talked about, pictures, videos, emails, notes, all of that can be supporting the event that you're documenting, and it would be good to have that in support of what you're documenting, but don't rely on those solely. Reply rely more on your actual documentation. And the last thing I'm gonna to say today is about self-care. I think when you are hardcore, deep in the grind of a custody battle, the most important thing that you can remember is it will be over. It doesn't seem like it's going to be over. It doesn't feel like it's going to be over. People try to tell you things to be supportive and they try to tell you things to be really helpful. And it's kind of like a death um, when somebody dies and we don't really know what to tell them, but we want them to know that we're there for them you get a lot of people that do that, or you get a lot of people that just tell you like the worst experience they've ever had in their lives. And I am a big believer in you get out, you know, you get back what you put out. So I don't like to focus on the negative and I don't like to stay in the negative. So I felt like it was really hard for me. Um, and it made it harder for me instead of people trying to uplift me from the situation, people would just tell me the worst thing that's ever happened to them, um, which was much easier to, to bring down the situation. So 
just understand that they're doing it out of good nature. They're trying to show you that they're there for you. But realistically, the best thing that you're going to be able to do for yourself is self-care. God's got this. You've got this. God chose you to be this child's mother. He is going to protect you and your child through this entire thing. I have a little example of that that I wanted to just share from my personal experience when I was going through it. Um, I could tell you off the top of my head, there were no fewer than five, 10, 15. I feel like however many days we were in custody court, that's the number I would give you of miracles that happened, of godsends that happened. And sometimes it was huge. And sometimes it was very minor. And sometimes it was something that could only be explained by giving God that credit. And that's one thing that happened to me. Um, I was actually staying at my parents' house during the time of custody court. And the very, very first day that I had to get up and go to court, when I went outside to get in my car, there was a mama rabbit and her baby rabbit. And they were just sitting underneath the passenger side door of my car. They were just on the ground there under, I mean, the driver's side, um, just sitting on the ground there, almost like they were just waiting on me. And I just saw this just beautiful and gentle and powerful show. <laughs> of nature. And I just took that as a sign and a remembrance that I am loved. I was chosen to be this child's mother and, you know, God takes care of the animals. God's going to take care of us. The thing about that is the rabbit will come and go, but every day that I had to get up and go to court, the rabbit would be waiting on me, just sitting at my car waiting on me. And now the court's over or, you know, during other times when I would get up and go to the grocery store or wherever I might go, there was no rabbit. There was no rabbit. Um, there's not a rabbit now. <laughs> but every day that I had to get up and go to court, there was a wild mama rabbit just waiting on me at my car. And that just made me remember that this is really so much bigger than you, so much bigger than me, so much bigger than the people involved. So on that note, I'm going to end and just um, kind of sum up to remember, it's your mindset. This isn't about you. This is about what is in the best interest of your child. Make sure that you have the definitions down and everybody agrees on them. Hire the most expensive attorney that you can find. Clean your social media and limit your contact with any mutual 
friends or family that you have between the two of us, even if you think you can trust them, I am telling you, I am telling you, I am telling you, during this time, do not trust them. Be polite, speak your truth, honor them with love, but don't trust them. <laughs> uh, number five, your documentation needs to be solid and strong. Buy yourself a notebook. They cost less than a dollar. Write down the date, write down the time, write down what happened. Just like you would a journal, this is actually going to be a document that you can use in court. And then lastly, I want to remind all the moms out there to take care of yourself. And that can look like whatever you need it to look like. Um, to find that quiet time, to find God. Maybe you want to be out in nature. Maybe you want to take a really long shower. Maybe you don't know how to do either one of those things. Uh, this is the time to figure it out. Ask yourself, what would make me feel most relaxed right now? And we hope that it's listening to the Old Moms Club. <laughs> Until next time, guys, be safe. I love you, and we will see you next week. That's our cue to go. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Old Moms Club Podcast and join our Old Moms Club Podcast page on Facebook.